0: So, if you haven't heard... back, this back, back, Uh, Kristaps Porzingis KP is officially back. You better tell your friends. Welcome to the Just a Boy podcast. I'm your host, Joey Montoya. And as always, I am, in fact, just a boy. But before we dive into the importance of the return of Kristaps Porzingis, there's some other news across the league that you may or may not have heard. Uh, But James Harden has officially been traded to the Brooklyn Nets, the Nets winning the Harden sweepstakes. And finally, the Houston Harden saga has come to a close. The last game, Harden, Played in was against the Lakers on the 12th, and here is what he had to say post game. Which is not good enough. Um, you know, we just we don't we don't uh, obviously chemistry, talent wise, just everything. And it was clear, um, like I said, these last few games. I love this city. Um, I literally, you know, have done everything that I can. Um, you know, I mean, this, this situation is, is, is crazy. You know, it's something that I don't think can be fixed. So. Um, Yeah. Thanks. So a pretty clear farewell right here from James Harden. And I'm sure that he knew a deal was nearing at this point. I mean, we already knew a deal was imminent, but at this point we were essentially waiting for the report to be made where James Harden was traded. And when it gets to a point where all of your teammates, everyone has to take stuff to the media and air out all this dirty laundry It's gone way too far. This is something that really needs to be handled in-house, and it's just become a complete mess. They asked DeMarcus Cousins about Harden's comments regarding the team essentially just not being good enough. Boogie said, Obviously, it's disrespectful, but everybody has a right to their opinions, and we feel a certain type of way about his actions. He goes on to say, My interest was playing with John Wall, to be brutally honest. With that being said, the disrespect started way before any interview, the approach to training camp showing up the way he did, the antics off the court. I mean, the disrespect started way before. And uh, I will say this for James Harden to sit here and say, I've done everything that I possibly can. As a Rockets fan, I would feel some type of way, but really you have to understand that James Harden didn't finish his sentence here. What he meant to say is I've done everything I possibly can to get traded because James Harden not only was the most toxic player as possible, but he decided to be the most toxic person that he possibly could. He wanted out so bad that he didn't care uh, who was going to be at expense here, and it was his teammates. Boogie said uh, he can feel however he wants with the organization, but the other 14 guys in the locker room have done nothing to him for us to be on the receiving end of some of the disrespectful comments and the antics. It's completely unfair to us. And that's, that's facts. Boogie is speaking facts right here. Uh, Cause James Harden wanted out so bad. He didn't care who it was going to hurt. He was going to do everything he possibly could to get traded, uh, showing up late to training camp, which is not only disrespectful to your teammates, but also to your brand new coach, coach Silas, who you never gave a chance to. You didn't even allow him to, even be a coach yet, because when you did play, you gave lackluster efforts that was detrimental to the team. You weren't just, uh, unaffected and and not being used. You were completely detrimental to the success of the team, hurting the entire team. And then you show up unconditioned. We all saw the video. We saw uh, the pregame meal that James Harden had coming into this season. Uh, It's just things that go beyond not being a leader. It's one thing if James Harden came into this and said, this is not my team anymore. I wanna be traded and I'm not gonna take on a leadership role, which would still be a clown move. Um, But for you to not only do that, but to take it a step further and say, I'm gonna do everything I possibly could to drive this team into the ground so that they have absolutely no choice but to trade me away before the ship sinks completely. It's just a mess. And, And John Wall said it. Come on, man, you want to jump off the cliff off of nine games? There's a lot of basketball still to be played. And he didn't specifically say that these comments were about James Harden, but I mean, we can all use our context clues. We don't have to be Sherlock Holmes to figure that one out. But when he was asked directly about James Harden's comments, he said no comment. But we all know how James Harden is. So let's move on from that and talk about the trade itself. Now, this trade involved four teams, uh, not only Brooklyn and Houston, but also the Pacers and the Cavs. At first, I thought it was a three-team trade, and then the Rockets made an additional transaction with the Pacers. But I think at the end of the day, it was a four-team transaction. Now, the Rockets get a huge haul. They get Victor Oladipo, uh, Dante Exum, Kurucs, three Brooklyn first-rounders, a Milwaukee first-rounder, and four Brooklyn first-round swaps. The Nets... James Harden, the Indiana Pacers get Karis Levert in a second rounder and the Cavs walk out of this with Jarrett Allen and Torian Prince. Now my initial reaction, I'm looking at the sneaky sneakiness of the Cleveland Cavaliers here. They quietly uh, give up Exum in that Milwaukee first round pick, which by the way, is not going to be a, a high pick because the Milwaukee Bucks have Giannis, uh, but they give up Exum in that pick. For Jared Allen and Torian Prince, that is a steal. I mean, Jared Allen is a highly sought-after young center, Uh, We've seen the success that he's already had in this league, and Torian Prince is a formidable player himself, and to get that for Exum and and a Milwaukee first, that is incredible. But now I'm curious if a guy like Andre Drummond is on the move, because the Cavs have Drummond, Jared Allen, and JaVale McGee. They could just run out a huge lineup and throw Drummond at the point. No, I'm kidding. Uh, As a Mavs fan, I've heard potential interest from fans on Twitter of Andre Drummond, but for me, last I checked, all he did is rebound and Yes, we do need rebounding, but I would like a little more versatility from a guy who's getting paid max money. I believe his contract is a max contract, and if we're going to pay a guy like that and we're going to have to trade for him, I would need a little bit more versatility. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he added stuff to his game, but last I checked, all he did was rebound. From the Pacers' side of things, another massive W. To get Karis LeVert for a guy in Victor Oladipo, who before the season, his value was kind of declining. I mean, after that injury and having a small sample size from that, he was having a pretty solid season so far up to this point, but he'd already made it clear that he wanted to leave. And in free agency, he was going to leave at the end of his contract. So to turn him into Karis LeVert in a second round pick is massive. Now, I don't know why Houston did this. I don't know if they had to in order to make this deal work, But Karis LeVert is a steal. And who knows? Victor Oladipo, he was an all-NBA player. He was a defensive team guy. Maybe he uh, gets back to that form and him next to John Wall ends up working out perfectly. Uh, But Karis LeVert is just a guy who... Um, he was my pick for Sixth Man of the Year over in Brooklyn, and then of course they lose Spencer Dinwiddie and Karras enters a starting role. But nevertheless, what I'm trying to say is that the Pacers got a massive W in this trade, and the same thing with the Cavs looking to possibly trade Drummond. I'm curious if Indiana now looks to trade Miles Turner. I feel like they've been trying to get rid of Turner and Oladipo, um, so maybe Miles Turner is next in the near future. And also, the Houston Rockets are apparently still looking to move PJ Tucker. Uh, So maybe another deal happens there as well. But overall, I think that there's a lot of winners from this trade and from Brooklyn side of things. uh, I know a lot of people are saying, well, James Harden and Durant will work, but what about Kyrie? We don't know what's going on there. Uh, Well, that's exactly the point is we don't know what's going on with Kyrie Irving. We only know what the media tells us and they control the narrative and they already have this narrative of Kyrie being this bad guy, this cancer. And we just, we just don't know. So I'm hoping the best for Kyrie. I'm hoping nothing serious is going on and that he's just excited to get back on the floor. Big Kyrie fan, and I think he's just completely misunderstood. And there's there's this idea that there's a lot of mouths to feed, which I get, I get that. These are three guys who dribble the ball a lot and play a lot of ISO ball. But Kevin Durant, we've already seen him be able to share the rock. And hey, his head coach, Steve Nash, he was the player development coach over in Golden State. So he's uh, been a part of uh, having to run a team that has a lot of guys that need to get their own. So really Brooklyn just put all their eggs in one basket. They're hoping that this pans out and they can keep Durant to stay past his contract and that, uh, they end up getting a title out of this. And I don't know, maybe it won't work. I have no clue, but I do know that when you have superstars, you win. When you have three guys who, uh, two of which have already won MVPs. I think Kyrie can get to an MVP level. When you have three top 15 players on one roster you're going to be successful. And I don't know if they put it together this year and they're able to uh, really contend for a title, but I think that they're going to be super, super dangerous. You can say that their defense is going to be terrible, but when you have that much offensive firepower, it really, really doesn't matter. Honestly, <laughs> when you have Kevin Durant, James Harden and Kyrie Irving, it's not going to matter because they're going to put up 150 points a game. I will say I'm a little less excited for Brooklyn, uh, with Kevin Kyrie and Kevin, I was pretty excited to see what that team could do with Karis Levert, uh, with Jared Allen, with DeAndre Jordan, just the squad that they had. I was kind of excited to see play. I'm a little less excited about it because I just, I do not like James Harden one bit, but I still am kind of excited to see how this pans out. And for the Mavericks, I know I haven't talked to a lot of Mavericks yet, and this is a Dallas Mavericks podcast. Uh, Maybe this helps out Lucas MVP case because you throw James Harden and Kevin Durant on the same team. I thought Kevin Durant uh, might have a strong case for MVP this year. Maybe he still does, but when you throw those guys in the same team, maybe they somewhat cancel each other out. We'll see how the media takes that narrative. Again, this league has so much to do with different narratives and, um, who knows? Maybe this helps out uh, Luka Doncic's MVP case. But on to bigger and better news. Uh, I know that it, it could be distracting that one of the biggest blockbuster trades uh, of the recent history just went down. But don't let that distract you that the fact that Christops Porzingis has made his return. We'll talk about a little bit of the game, but more so just the importance that Christops brings to this team. Uh, we did find out that Dwight Powell was the other one to test positive. And I thought that there were four positives and, and Brad Townsend reported that it was not any of the guys in Denver, but maybe one of those guys did test positive. I don't know, but Dwight Powell was out for this game. Chris Dops was back and, and I was wrong. I didn't think that by Wednesday, the Charlotte game that we were going to be able to play basketball. Um, and, I just had a misunderstanding of why we weren't playing Monday. I think what happened is that with a positive test, they had to do contact tracing, and there just wasn't enough time to figure out who had been in contact prior to the Monday game against New Orleans. So I think they conducted the contact tracing, and uh, we were good to go. We had 13 available players for this game against Charlotte, and basketball was back. I I probably just overreacted a little bit and was just thinking, you know, we're never going to see the Mavs play basketball again. But... (laughs) thankfully we did play against the charlotte hornets pulling out a win uh, as we should with the return of chris you got to get a win for him Uh, luca opens up the game with the catch and shoot three and then kp follows suit with his signature deep top of the key three-pointer it's really good to see both of those guys getting going especially luca from beyond the arc that's been a huge topic as you know if you've been here on my podcast i've I've talked about luca's three-point ability a ton he finishes the game five for nine from three which I am very, very happy with and finished the game with 34 points, 13 rebounds and nine assists, one assist away from that triple double. We see Porzingis looking pretty comfortable himself. He had a couple of corner threes and he stayed aggressive. And I think Kristaps staying aggressive and um, being, being fearless out there is just going to be really, really big in him finding his rhythm. He finished himself uh, with 16 points, four rebounds and a couple of blocks. So Kristaps, man, just to stay aggressive out there. Obviously, a lot of people have a question mark of, will he be able to stay healthy? Um, I don't think that his injuries were anywhere related. They were different legs, first of all. Um, And uh, for us to sit here and say that he just can't stay healthy, is just a little bit lazy because, I mean, it's just a couple of injuries here. And if anything, the maps have just been extra, extra cautious because we don't want anything to be serious and progress into something that would uh, hurt his career as a whole. We know how important he is to this team. Uh, Coach Carlisle knows, Mark Cuban knows, the the whole training staff knows that Chris is is essential in the success of this team in the long term in our championship aspirations. And um, I think they took their time with this injury and really probably took way more time than they even really needed to. But they wanted to make sure that Chris was 150% ready to go before he went out there and played meaningful basketball games. And I really, really respect that. I was really excited to see Willie Colley Stein starting next to Chris stops continuing to remain in that starter role, obviously with Dwight Powell and Maxi Klebau, who else are you going to start at center? Um, But nonetheless, I was happy to see him out there, and he just continues to improve, and um, the work that he's been putting in in the gym has really shown here on the court, and um, I'm so, so excited to see him continue to progress and find his way on this team, because I mean, like I said, he's still trying to figure out the system, his fit, and I think as time continues to go on, he's just going to be more and more valuable for our team. We see Luca continue to give strong defensive efforts and it's really great to see that he's adding that aspect to his game, especially when you have that big frame, might as well use it for something, (laughs) but I'll compare this to a locker room cancer because that's been a little bit of a theme today. Um, If Luca's doing this, the leader of your team is playing strong, strong defense. The rest of the team is going to see it. and It's going to trickle down just like a locker room cancer. It goes from 1 to 15, and uh, hopefully, these guys buy into this defensive identity that we're trying to take on. Charlotte starters in this game uh, did relatively well scoring the ball, uh, each of them in double digit figures. Scary Terry leading the way with them with 18 points. There was a fun moment (laughs) where uh, Luca had it on the break, and uh, Nate Hitton and West Awundu were disappointed that Luca didn't dunk the ball in the open court. You could hear them uh, reacting in disappointment, and Luca just smiles. Um, but overall just a, a pretty fun game to have Kristaps back. It's good to see him back out there and, and good for team morale to start getting on track to, to where we want to be. And, and having Kristaps out there is huge, uh, to, Uh, Get our sights set on a championship because when you add a seven foot three guy, oh there's this one play in the game. I'll I'll talk about it, but the seven foot three guy with the ability to shoot those long deep threes from the logo, but also to be able to put on the floor and play face-up ball, it's just so valuable. And and I just thought about this play in the game where uh, he gave a little pump fake uh, a couple dribbles, step back. You got to respect that he can drive to the rim and slam it from way out. When you're seven foot three and you have that long reach, you could dunk the ball from pretty far out. And um, they had to respect his ability to drive to the rim. And it gave him an open step back three. And uh, really, really great to see Kristaps out there and, and scoring pretty well. Uh, obviously, he didn't get heavy minutes, and it is his first game back. And I said the Mavs are taking it very, very cautiously. But man, overall, I'm so happy to have Kristaps Porzingis back and seeing him get into an offensive flow there. So it is so, so tremendous that Kristaps Porzingis is back playing basketball, but At the end of the day, we need our guys. We need our Denver boys to come back. We need Maxie and Dwight in order to really start piecing this thing together. So hopefully those Denver boys are done with quarantine sooner rather than later. I doubt they'll be done by this Milwaukee game on Friday because I think it's 10 to 14 days and and it won't have been 10 days. It'll be eight days at that point but uh, hopefully they recover quickly and this quarantine period. doesn't last too long so that we can really start putting this team together and, and the restrictions that were uh, added on to these players. Um, obviously I talked about last time there were meetings on what they were going to do with health and safety protocols. Basically these players can't do anything. They are (laughs) so restricted, but hopefully these additional restrictions help mitigate, uh, the introduction of the virus within teams and, and the spread of it as well. And, um, uh, it's just it's just so tough. It, it, we see that the bubble works, and we obviously can't ask these guys to be in a bubble for nine months, but it's so difficult to try to play this season outside of a bubble setting. But like I said, hopefully a quick and speedy recovery for these COVID boys. Next game, this Friday against the Milwaukee Bucks, a huge one. We got to go out and get this one. Uh, once again, this has been the Just a Boy podcast. I'm your host, Joey Montoya, and as always, I am, in fact, just a boy. Go Mavs, and God bless.